There was an idea. Stark knows this. Called the Avengers Initiative. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people. See if they could become something more. See if they could work together when we needed them to. To fight the battles that we never could. Phil Coulson died still believing in that idea. In Heroes. Hello and welcome to the Weekly Reel Podcast. My name is Ken. And my name is Jeremy. And we are recording this on a very apocalyptic Wednesday, wouldn't you say, Jeremy? Yeah, right now where we live, we kind of live close by to each other and outside is crazy looking. Right, Ken? Yeah, Yeah, the Bay Area just looked red, orange, a lot of ash in the air. I mean, I think it was pretty caked on on the, on the ground and on people's cars. And it just just felt like we were in legitimately a movie. Uh, wouldn't you say it seemed like we were in a movie from a different planet? Yeah. More specifically, Total Recall. <laughs> like <laughs> freaking Arnold, man. When just that opening scene of that movie, he like steps onto onto Mars. That's where I felt like. When I woke up today, I'm like, why is it so orange outside? I felt like I was going to step outside my door and my eyes were going to pop out of my skull. That's what I felt like. I'm like, where's Arnold? I, he he needs to help me like stop the end of the world right now. Yeah, we could have we could have been filming today and we wouldn't have had to like color grade our footage. It was just naturally like that. Um, and uh, it was just pretty crazy. Um, I remember waking up really early this morning, you know, just to prep for the podcast before. Um, before work woke up at seven and it was just weirdly orange but then as the day went on i remember checking and just looking outside at like 10 in the morning dude i noticed that it was just darker than it was actually at 7 a.m and it actually continued um for another few hours after that it was just pitch pitch black outside even though it still had that weird orange hue um for like all of the bay area so it was just eerie looking wasn't it yeah, it it really felt like it was the end of the world. Like I felt like if a earthquake were to happen, I'm like it's over, we're done. <laughs> yeah, I know or like some random volcano that we that no one knows about under, underneath the bay area like just it just explodes or something. I wouldn't be surprised at this point here in 2020. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, I guess we're it's an earthquake today." <laughs> so yeah, I know. It's like, "Okay, what will 2020 bring us today?" And uh, today was uh, orangey skies. And uh, to, I guess, honor the orange skies, I decided to wear my giant hat with the orange bill on it. That's definitely not a coincidence. Uh, But Jeremy, today we are going to be jumping back and um, we're going to be talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we will be continuing our our, uh, Infinity Saga rewatch. But before we do that, 
Jeremy, last week we actually got some new content and actually from from a heavy hitter from Disney. Um, did you pay the $30 for premium access to uh, premium access? Actually, no, premier access to watch Mulan on Disney Plus? Nope. I did not pay the $30 to watch Mulan on Disney Plus. I do have Disney Plus, but I do not I, I didn't feel like playing. $30 if especially if it was just me I feel like if you have at least three people watching it could be worth it but no at, at this point I have not paid yet if it was 20 maybe yeah I actually have not seen it yet I was briefly tempted to go uh, pay the $30 but uh, you know that feeling went away um, so I want to actually ask you this I wanted to segue into this question uh, Jeremy is there an upcoming film that you would pay $30 to stream at t- uh, to stream at home? I would say for $30, I would either pick Black Widow or No Time to Die. Ooh. Okay. I think the, both of those are November releases, I believe. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you know what? I I struggled with this question only because I feel like Disney didn't handle it properly. I feel like they should have done handled it in maybe tiers. And here's actually the pay structure that I probably would have done if I were CEO. Um, not necessarily a dis, uh, of Disney because, you know, they can do whatever they want. It, it seems like because, you know, they're huge. But if it were me and I was running a movie studio, this is how I would handle on demand video um on on demand new releases i would actually have it where if you pay 15 dollars, it's a one day rental it'll be basically like watching a movie at the at the theater you have Mm -hmm. it for a full day as a rental for 15 dollars. you pay an extra five dollars so for 20 dollars, i would do a two-day rental on that again unlimited you can watch it as many uh as much as you want uh, and then I would still keep that premiere access for $30 where it would, you know, just you can watch it as many times until it becomes available uh, for free. And I think Mulan, I, I think I read, will be available in December. And so I guess premiere access gets you um, access to Mulan. You can watch it as many times as you want for these next three months. And so I would keep that, but I feel like it would have been better if they added a tier system. So with that being said, for me, I agree with you on no time to die. If I had to pick one, I would definitely pick that. And if you stretch it out into 2021, I would definitely pay the $30 for Top Gun Maverick. I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) I had to. (laughs) July 2, I think next year, man, I'm excited for that movie too. Yeah. Uh, Same here. And, and, and I'm just, I'm really just hoping that we're not in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, by July of next year. So I know I want I want to see Tom Cruise flying fighter jets in the theater. That's what I want to see. Yeah, actually flying fighter jets actually, like he yeah. flew. <laughs> yeah, because you know he did. You know he's crazy enough to. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, so I definitely wanted to um segue that into our regular podcast ritual. Um, for those of you who are tuning into our podcast for the very first time. Uh, me and Jeremy, uh, we start off. We started off this uh, ritual, you know, when we're trying to 
plan uh, this podcast and all you know and all of our meetings leading up to our podcast premiere, um, and we carry that over to uh, these episodes. And so um, every week we discuss one movie or TV show, and we share that with all of you. And so Jeremy. Uh, what's one notable movie or TV show that you would like to share with our audience today? Well, I actually watched one movie and one TV show this past week. The TV show I watched was The Boys, which is like an Amazon Prime original, uh, superheroes and all that stuff. It's a pretty interesting take on superheroes. But the movie I wanted to mention was Inception. I watched oh. Inception again. Ooh, dude. Okay. I forgot how much of that movie is the music, uh, Hans yes. Zimmer's music. And just in preparation of uh, watching Tenet this Friday. Ooh, yeah. I can't wait. Just to, for spoilers for next week, man. Or spoilers to our viewers, yes. I guess. Yeah. Tenet is going to be our next episode. Just yes. A, just a quick take right now. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. Dude. I'm, too excited dude finally another movie in theaters that's not sonic the hedgehog and um and it's christopher nolan movie oh i know well kind of going back to inception did you catch anything new uh this time around or was it pretty much the same uh from what you remember from before i feel like i understood it more but and this time i actually caught um leo's uh first name Cobb's first name his name is uh, Dom, Dominic Cobb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. And for some reason this time I, I was concerned. I was like, I don't get Arthur's role in all this. Like, how come they all have cool names? Like Eames is like the forger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ariadne is the architect. I forgot. I'm like, th- did they not give like a cool code uh, code name to Arthur? Not really. I was like, dang. Oh, well. But he... He did have. Uh, he was in my favorite scene of that film, that uh, that hallway scene. Uh, yeah, dude, just seeing that the first time, I was like, "Oh man, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's badass!" Oh, I didn't know <laughs> the guy, the kid from Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> yeah, or Five Hundred Days from Summer. Yeah, exactly. Five Hundred Days of Summer, I should say. Yeah, don't want to yes. make anyone mad. Yes, oh, that's a classic. We need to we need to make uh, we need to make a podcast episode on Five Hundred Days of Summer. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. We need a guest on whoever hasn't seen that movie yet. Yes, I'm sure there are a handful of people, but man, that definitely is a classic. It's definitely one of my uh, one of my favorite movies for sure. Um, for my movie, um, and I did, you know, we we both mentioned it at the top. We did we mentioned No Time to Die, and actually, this is what uh, I guess what's kind of inspired me to watch this next movie that I'll share with uh, you all. I mean, I ended up watching the uh, newly released trailer for No Time to Die, and it got me just inspired. And I was like, oh, man, I want to see this movie. But since I can't yet, you know what? I'll rewatch Casino Royale, which came out in 2006. Uh, This was uh, Daniel Craig's first uh, film as James Bond and... And to me, it's easily the best one out of the uh, four that have been released. Uh, Skyfall is, I feel like, a notch below, but it's still really good. But uh, those beyond those two, I think those are the, the two that are are decent. And uh, definitely uh, Casino Royale, I feel it, uh, 
Casino Royale is definitely head and shoulders above all the rest. And so, um, yeah, what do you, what do you think uh, is the best Daniel Craig Bond film? I would definitely say Casino Royale. I th- I probably like Skyfall more than most people, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like I'm a little bit more forgiving on Quantum of Solace than my- I still don't think it's a very good movie. Quantum, uh, Inspector. I don't think I've watched it enough, but I do. I remember I was so. I, like this past trailer for No Time to Die, mm-hmm. I was I hold I held my excitement because I was so excited for Spectre from those trailers. I was so excited for Spectre, and then I was mildly disappointed. Disappointed, yeah. I I share that same sentiment only because yeah, I I figured got, coming off of uh from Skyfall because I like Skyfall as well. I was like, oh okay, they're gonna build on that and uh, it'll be good, but nope. Um, so what I'm hoping is, I mean, it's been really good. Really, I I think it's just a bad movie, uh, Quantum of Solace. And then it was a, another good one with Skyfall, and then kind of a mediocre meh uh, with Spectre. So I'm hoping that No Time to Die, you know, continues with that tradition or that um, that pattern, and we get a good, uh, at least a decent film. I want, I want something good. And, and for me, I've always been a fan of Rami Malek. And so I'm excited to see him as uh, the main villain in this film. Especially if it's Daniel Craig's last movie as Bond. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he needs to go out on a high note, not the high note of Spectre. <laughs> high note, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> But um, you know what? Uh, before we get it w- get on uh, with today's episode with the MCU, uh, we want to do a little bit of uh, cleanup from uh, this uh, the our previous episode. Uh, in the previous episode, we did talk about Jackie Chan's Police Story from 1985. I had a good time finally watching that film. Uh, it was definitely uh, one of those where I'm really glad that Jeremy. Uh, brought it to my attention. We actually made a podcast out of it. And so uh, this week's uh, police story poll and results, Jeremy, do you want to go ahead and reveal uh, what the poll was, first of all, and what the results were? Yeah. So the poll that we had running on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook was, what's your favorite Jackie Chan film? And some of the candidates we had was Police Story, Rush Hour, uh, Rumble in the Bronx, Drunken Master, and also other, if you if people wanted to like write in one of their favorites, and Rush Hour actually got fifty percent of the votes. You know what? That doesn't surprise me. I mean, I feel like it's the most mainstream uh, of Jackie Chan's films. Last week, I did mention that that was my favorite because um, it's. I feel like it was the most memorable for me, and uh, yeah, it's definitely the. I I feel like it's. Um, my favorite and the most rewatchable. So, so yeah. So keep an eye out um, every Tuesday following a brand new release of one of our episodes. Yeah, we do have uh, new episodes every Monday on your favorite podcast app. Uh, but every following day on Tuesdays, we do have an episode related poll on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And so um, Jeremy, what was our uh, social media handle again? At Weekly Real. That's for Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yes, we try to make it easy for all of you. So uh, just keep an eye out for those polls. And we definitely, 
definitely appreciate uh, your participation in each of these polls every week. And so this week, we're diving back into the MCU, Jeremy. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty pumped. Uh, so uh, this week, we are going to be completing uh, Marvel's Phase 1. And so uh, the next three films that we will be covering in this episode are Thor, Captain America, The First Avenger, and The Avengers, uh, which came out in 2012. And so, Jeremy, um, with with each of these three films, do you want to share some of your experiences with each of the uh, each of these films? Yeah. Well, first with Thor, I actually did not. I think it might be the only MCU movie I did not watch in theaters. Really? Yeah. It was. I was my freshman year, and I don't know why I didn't see it. And then I heard it was good from some of my friends and i think later on i finally watched it on netflix i think it was i probably watched it before the first avengers came out and i was like yeah it was better than i thought actually when i first saw it yeah uh and then captain america the first avenger i was actually really excited to see this movie i I remember like my brother's like why do you like captain america i'm like you'll see and i just remember seeing like ads on like dr pepper cans and so i was like I don't know why, but I was excited. Uh, and then the Avengers, when that finally came out, you know, a whole group of us watched. I think it was opening opening night uh, or at least opening day. And a group of us watched and we had to sit in the very, very back row of the theater. Oh, wow. And it, I remember it was a pretty crazy experience. There was such a long line. Uh, and then we had to like, Cause I think at this point there was no reserve seating. So we just like got the back seats and I don't even know, like that was, it was a okay movie experience. Cause I don't like sitting all the way in the back, but yeah, that was my experience with the Avengers. Oh, interesting. Well, I don't know. I'd rather sit in the back than in that front section. I mean the front section, the back row is not bad, but man, when you're getting closer and closer, dude, my neck always hurts. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, my experiences with with each of the three films uh, kind of similar. I actually ended up watching them out of order, uh, but uh, in more out of order than you. Um, so uh, prior to any of these three films coming out, I did see uh, the three films beforehand. And each of the three, Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, and Iron Man 2, I, I think I shared that in our first MCU episode, I saw those like on demand or on Netflix uh, DVD or whatever. I ended up having a pretty long hiatus of MCU movies. I, you know, still was really casual with my MCU uh, fandom at the time. And I ended up watching the Avengers in the theaters. Uh, I think we watched it that Uh, opening weekend as well i think we watched it on that saturday and uh i remember you know a group of us went and it was like pretty crazy but because i hadn't seen thor or captain america the first avenger yet i was kind of lost as to what was going on especially in the beginning when they were setting up the uh you know the storyline with the tesseract and everything and uh when loki showed up i was like uh who's this guy (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Thor and Captain America were so like 
crucial into understanding what happens in the Avengers. Oh, I got that right away. <laughs> and so, I mean, like I kind of knew like, uh, you know, the characters in terms of like, you know, who they were, but I didn't know anything about, you know, their backstory or anything like that. So I was, you know, obviously playing catch up. Um, but I guess that sh- just shows how good and how much I enjoyed the Avengers because literally after that movie theater watching experience, I've watched every MCU movie in the theaters, uh, every, you know, like all of the movies after that. And pretty much most of them, most if not all, I think most actually, I've seen opening weekend uh, ever, ever since the uh, Avengers came out. I, you know, quickly with Thor and, and, and the first Captain America, I ended up watching those on Netflix after that. <laughs> it was, it was, I think right before Iron Man 3 came out, I think my cousin was telling me, yeah, you should watch those too. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So luckily both at the time were streaming on Netflix. And so I ended up uh, streaming them. I don't, I didn't do a, like a double feature or anything like that, but I watched them fairly close together. So um, that's, was my experience and so this episode um we're going to handle this a little bit differently than you know what we've been doing uh with our kind of our episode structure we're actually going to structure this episode similarly to our first mcu episode uh in that we will just be talking about various topics across all three films and again those three films are thor captain america the first avenger and the Avengers, uh, which came out in 2012. And so, uh, Jeremy, our first topic, let's jump right into it. We're going to mention what our best moments were for each of the films. And so uh, let's keep it at, what, two per movie? And so two two sounds reasonable. Right. So for Thor, uh, what were your best moments? Uh, Well, my first best moment, because I felt like I haven't watched Thor in such a long time and I forgot how Shakespearean it, it feels. Yes. <laughs> and there's such a contrast between the earth scenes and the Asgardian scenes. And for some reason, I actually enjoyed the, the Asgard scenes more this time. Cause it's such a big difference from Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah. And so Definitely. I think the scene that like really felt so Shakespearean, like literally I was, uh, it felt like I was reading um, English literature was uh, when Loki finds out he's a frost giant <laughs> and he's like, and he's asking Odin like what he really is. And he's like, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was started cracking up. Actually, I was like, "What? What? I don't remember this." But I was. I love that part for some reason. Yeah, that uh, was definitely that was one part where I cracked up too on this latest rewatch, only because it it had been a while since I'd watched Thor um, before this latest rewatch. So yeah. I totally forgot about that. But that was easily my like my favorite moment uh, in Thor rewatching it this time. My second. Uh, favorite moment was uh when thor doesn't lift his hammer because i feel like in this movie he was such a he was such a jerk actually i did not like thor when i first watched it and watching it this time i was like i actually feel like i feel kind of bad for loki actually 
<laughs> right? <it. laughs> I'm like, Thor's kind of Thor kind of sucks in this. And so when he doesn't lift the hammer, I'm like, that's what you get, man, from being such a such a <laughs> jerk. <laughs> no, I completely agree. You know what? That that's actually one of the ones that I mentioned. And literally, if I'm reading my off of my notes, that's exactly what's on my notes. Uh, because I mean, one of the things that I really did like about Thor is was Thor's quest to get Mjolnir back. Uh, because like you said, uh, he was such a he was Let's let's be frank. He was kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> in in the uh in the beginning and for him to have to go through all that. First of all, I did like how he had to fight through Shield to get to uh to Mjolnir in when he was in New Mexico. And starting with that point where he couldn't pick up that uh to pick up his hammer and basically it just it just emphasized how he wasn't worthy. I was like, oh, okay, maybe that we were maybe they were supposed to have it where he was a jerk. And so I felt like that definitely. Yeah, no. And so like he was definitely not worthy. It basically triggered our first experience with sad, uh, sad Thor. You know, we kind of <laughs> see that a little bit more um, in future films. And, and I felt like him not being being able to wield Mjolnir humbled him. And then it led into that great scene with uh, him and Loki uh, when, um, you know, he appeared out of, you know, nowhere. He wasn't really there, but he was there. Um, mm-hmm. I love that in the interrogation scene. So um, that's definitely one that I totally agree with you. That's definitely one that I um, did. And that was actually Hawkeye was like, he actually appeared in that scene. I was like, yeah. that was, if you think about it, that was only, that was Hawkeye's only chance to kill Thor. <laughs> When he was yes. depowered, I depowered, and yeah, he could actually do, did something of substance. Now I'm just kidding. <laughs> it it was dumb because like Coulson was like, "I need a guy with a gun." And he grabs the bow and arrow. Bow and arrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's funny too because yeah, he he passes on the sniper rifle with the huge scope. <laughs> but no, he needs the bow and arrow. Oh For man, sure. yeah. Oh oh, Hawkeye. Well, the other um, moment that I wanted to share is basically every Loki scene um, that especially in the beginning, like when, you know, obviously we we this isn't our first time rewatching or watching this movie and to know what where this movie is going through and you kind of see how Loki's just playing the long game. And I love every scene that he's in in the beginning because, you know, he's scheming. From you know, from allowing the frost giants to invade during uh, Thor's coronation. Oh, that was brilliant! Uh, then uh, just talking talking to Thor after you know he's already mad and he's like, oh, you know, we should go to the Jotunheim and and uh, and you know invade him and start a war or whatever. And you know that Thor, you know, Thor's just a hothead at this point, and he basically. He basically does this so that he could get banished. And it was just brilliant there. And then that last thing I wanted to mention was when he basically double crosses his biological father, uh, Laffy. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you know, you think that he's actually, you know, going to go back to his frost giant roots. But he really double crosses his biologic fo- biological father so that he can basically win his 
uh, father's approval, Odin, and uh, even his his uh, his mom, Frigga. So, man, every Loki scene was so good. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, he was easily, I think, the best part of that movie. I wasn't completely sold on Thor yet until until later. <laughs> yeah, Dark Loki World. Was, Dark World. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> just- <laughs> oh man well you know what let's get into our next film captain america the first avenger uh do you want to share your uh your best moments from this film yeah it easily had to be or at least one of them had to be the captain america and the howling commandos montage we have a thing for montages and that was definitely a, a really cool one just them going on these missions and him doing just like some captain america stuff and i feel like that could have been like a whole movie in itself i'm like i wanted more of that but Mm -hmm. yeah it was a like really cool moment in uh in that movie uh my second one though my second best moment would have to be dr erskine and steve their talk before he gets the serum injected into him so good that was such a good good scene he was like his jensen that, that was yeah. like his Jensen talk. Yeah, definitely. And actually, that was one of the things that I wanted to also mention. I mean, uh, we're what, two for two on these? Uh, where um, actually my favorite moment was, in addition to that, is all the pre-serum stuff with Steve Rogers. Because it was pretty cool to see Steve and Bucky before they got deployed uh, to World War II. You know, their whole like, you know, they just laid the groundwork for their future uh, encounters and, you know, just the you know, their buddy relationship, um, you know, type thing. So it was pretty cool to see that. But yes, I wanted to definitely highlight um, the talk between Steve Rogers and Dr. Abraham Erskine, because like you said, that was Steve Rogers' Jensen, for sure. Totally agree. Um, Well, so that was my first one. Uh, The second one, oh man, I really love that one scene after... Uh, Red Skull ends up getting, I guess we ended up finding out in um, Infinity War when he gets, uh, I guess, scooped up through by a, the Tesseract. By the Tesseract to where did he go? I forgot. Uh, I need to rewatch Infinity War. Not Vormir? Oh, yeah, Vormir. There you go. Where we Dang. find out he ends up there. <laughs> but <laughs> that scene after that, when um, Steve just uh, takes control of the. Uh, the aircraft and he basically has to save New York. He decides that he's just going to crash the plane um, somewhere safe so that it'll save a a bunch of lives, millions of lives really in New York and just the dialogue. And then the music playing in the background between his dialogue with him and and Peggy. Oh my goodness. Almost, almost brought waterworks dude. Yeah. With Alan Silvestri's theme, that I think he still carries over into like the other Avengers films. Yeah. That seems almost uh water bending. Oh, it almost got me this latest rewatch. And I, for, I forgot how important that was. And I love how they lean back into, you know, spoiler alert for, for Avengers Endgame, And it kind of brought it back full circle. And so I'm, I definitely wanted to highlight that as uh, one of my favorite moments in, Captain America. And so on to our final film, 
the Avengers in 2012. Uh, what was uh, what were your best moments? Well, my best moment on this latest rewatch, I felt like was uh, the Avengers arguing in the in the lab. That was such like I was like, this is a better scene than I remembered. Yeah. Uh, them just argue, arguing with each other and Nick Fury's there. Like all the heavy hitters are in that room mm-hmm. and just them going head to head with each other. And one thing I want to mention about the Avengers um, and was that their characters felt a little off actually to me. They felt almost like caricatures of like themselves in this yes. movie. It was a little bit weird uh, that I'll definitely try to when we rank the movies i might mention but uh yeah that that scene was good it felt like they they felt like themselves in that scene sometimes not so much in other scenes in the movie but the another best moment i had uh was when they finally gather at the end oh the, the iconic oh. circle dun, scene. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly, dude. When when that music kicks in and like they're surrounded by all the enemies and Thor or not Thor, Hulk just like hulked out and punched that freaking Chitari uh flying thing. I still don't know how those things fly, but you know, he he punched it and when that the music kicks in and they circle around, I'm like, dang, this is like this is a blockbuster for sure. Yes, uh, that I I think that's still arguably the best moment in all of the MCU. Arguably, I mean, obviously there are bigger scenes in future films, and we'll definitely get into that in future episodes. But uh, I think that's really the first one that kicked it off in terms of oh, okay, this is going to be a huge thing. Um, I actually have the same moments <laughs> as you. Oh yeah, for, for <laughs> other event. I mean, I'll, I'll get it. Uh, I'll kind of go off it a little bit um i just will mention just like the the conflicts and disagreements in general i mean you mentioned that specific one but there was a lot of uh disagreements throughout the film in the especially in the beginning and middle uh before all the action kicked in i didn't i forgot how much dialogue there was in this film and um you know you would think that uh, you know adventures film just has a lot of action in it but really there was a lot of dialogue and i felt like they just drop breadcrumbs for future MCU movies, especially for, you know, all the disagreements in um, the next Avengers in age of Ultron and more specifically in captain America, civil war, you know, like I felt like they laid the groundwork for that, for the disagreements. And you could see kind of like their philosophies and uh, they ended up uh, just starting that. And I feel like this first Avengers is where like they're, you know, they're, you know, they're, point of view on certain things for each of the characters got established you know especially with you know steve and tony with their kind of disagreements yeah one moment like i when that argument ended when he's like put on the suit and then you know everything starts blowing up right and then he's like oh put on the suit put on the suit (laughs) he's like yeah (laughs) and yeah and i was just like you know when that like in the end they they don't want them they don't want each other to, to actually like get hurt but like it, it just shows like that progression of their story together uh, right. in the mcu exactly exactly so i mean we did mention the uh, battle for new york i mean obviously a lot of action going on uh but let's segue into our next um topic 
And, you know, when you're just battling um, enemies or whatever, you're going to have to use weapons. And so our next topic is, hey, Jeremy, pick your favorite weapon out of Thor's Mjolnir, or as Darcy would say, Mew Mew. <laughs> uh, Captain America's Vibranium Shield, or uh, any one of Iron Man's suits. Uh, which is your favorite out of those three? So I actually have like my justification and disjustifications for like each of them. Ooh, okay. I chose Mew- I chose Mjolnir because whoever wields it gets the power of Thor right mm. and so it's like that's easy like all of a sudden you if you hold Mjolnir then you'll get his power he's got a thunder right but if you use the shield like it's not very useful in everyday life and I feel <laughs> like you know if you're not a super soldier you can't throw it that well um sure. and I thought I'm like Iron Man suit perfect right it's like that's I almost chose that and that would be great, but you don't get the Tony Stark smarts to maintain mm. or fix it if you end up breaking it. So I was like, Mjolnir seems like the easiest one with the mm. most perks. Interesting. Um, I had, uh, I don't know, I had similar, uh, different rationales actually, and they're more they're more casual than yours. I, I okay. felt like you broke that down really well. <laughs> um, I will say that I've always been an Iron Man guy. And when uh, we thought of this topic, I thought I would easily say the Iron Man suit. Um, I'm still an Iron Man guy, but this is the reason why I didn't pick the Iron Man suit. I just didn't like how each of them evolved through each film. I think um, I, you know, I felt like it peaked early on. Yeah, there were some cool ones. I think you mentioned the one in um, Civil War in our last MCU movie. I forgot how good that was and i when i did that rewatch for uh chadwick boseman i was like oh yeah i could see what uh jeremy was talking about now mm-hmm. it was probably like the last um good suit that he had i just didn't like how it evolved in terms of like uh you know the iron just Man the suits. nanotech yeah, yeah, just the, yeah i didn't like that so that's why i didn't pick that and you know i completely agree with your assessment with the vibranium shield um so i actually went with uh i went with mjolnir and I, the reason why I picked it, it was for a different reason, is that even though it, spoiler alert, got destroyed, I just love how it came back for Endgame when Ooh. they brought it back. Ooh, it was so good, especially that moment, again, spoiler alert, when Cap wields it. I was like, oh, that part Dude. was so good. <laughs> I feel like the whole like theater just like, uh, yeah, they definitely wet their pants. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> the whole in theater. Mi- in maybe different ways, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. man, that was so good, though. So, yeah, I went with Mjolnir uh, for, for that reason. And so, I mean, we were talking, we've been talking, I feel like we've been talking about action and, you know, like just battles. But you know what? Let's switch things up for our next topic. You know what? With this topic, let's see who your favorite couple is. And here are the three couples. It's Thor with Jane Foster, Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter, or Tony Stark with Pepper Potts. And so pick your favorite couple. And if you want, you can you know feel free to approach this question as who would you rather be? Who would you rather be, Thor, Steve Rogers, or Tony Stark? So 
however you want to approach this question, Jeremy, feel free to do so. So, which well, yeah, when I was thinking about this, like honestly, I feel like Natalie Portman was like my childhood crush because of the prequel Star Wars films. Okay, but I did not like Jane Foster. <laughs> like, it, like she was she was an okay character, but their relationship felt kind of shallow. Mm-hmm. I think they're that couple, Thor and uh, Jane Foster, is easily like um, the the worst out of the three. And so, for me, I would actually choose uh, Steve and Peggy. Really, for sure, yeah. Because Peggy, I feel like was. The, the best girl out of the three. She's tough, strong, and she likes Steve for who he really is. And like she sees past like the perfect Captain America persona that sometimes like he had. Mm-hmm. And, but she's like just sees right through that and sees skinny Steve. Mm. And she still likes him for that. Wow. You know what? Uh we should probably came up with a more uh we should probably like discuss this a little bit more pre-production because i completely agree with you again <laughs> <laughs> it's all good man no nah, i'm just i'm just messing i'm just being overly dramatic but um i actually agree with your assessment i you know i wasn't really a fan of um of uh jane foster and thor just their chemistry and we'll get to that a little bit later on in the episode uh with Tony and Pepper Potts. I mean, I've I like their um, you know, their chemistry or whatever, but I, you know, I've always thought that Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, who plays Pe- Pepper Potts, I always just thought that she just gives off a boring vibe to me. I don't know why, but I feel like we would just be bored just looking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely had good chemistry in the first Iron Man, but uh, then it kind of Definitely, Tony Stark was carrying the the charisma. Yeah, I and you know what? I'm not surprised because I feel like Gwyneth Paltrow's not the most exciting character or you know person. I don't know; she just seems boring to me. Anyway, um, I agree with uh, your points with uh, Peggy Carter, um, and I'll reiterate them again. I felt like Peggy Carter was already intrigued with Skinny Steve as an undersized asthmatic. I mean, dude, he. He didn't look like a soldier, but she saw through that uh, facade, you know, like the outer um, appearance, and she saw who his real character was. And I just liked, I thought an underrated scene, if we were going to do that topic this, uh, this week, was when they were in the car together in Brooklyn, they're on their way to the thing, and just that conversation between the two of them, it was it was awkward, but it was endearing awkward. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Every scene between them two is so good. It's hard to pick. It's kind of hard to pick like underrated or best because I feel like every scene that they have together is really good. Yeah, I agree. And, and I felt like, you know, going back to that conversation, I felt like every guy or boy has gone through that you know when you're talking to to a girl that you really like and you know you're all nervous and you're stuttering and stuff like that i definitely um uh identified with that for sure and um last thing i mean i already touched on the rain check on the dance scene you know at the end right before he 
crushes though. But there was this one scene where I think it's um, worth bringing up. You could tell Peggy was really hurt when she thought that uh, Steve was kissing that other girl. Um, yeah, fun doing. <laughs> fun doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I forgot about that joke. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. So, so you so and uh, Stark, you uh, oh, fun do. <laughs> and when he found out what fun doing it actually is, mm-hmm. I was like, it was like, oh, <laughs> so good. But yeah, I felt like Peggy was really, really hurt when, when he, you know, basic when she basically saw uh, Steve kissing that other girl, and dude, she didn't know that that vi- vibranium shield was, you know, bulletproof at that point. She shot like three bullets at him that you could tell how scorned she was and so you could tell that she really really had a thing for steve and it wasn't because of the super ser- uh the super serum mm-hmm. so yeah so we want to bring this conversation to you all the audience because this is who we do this for right jeremy yep we want to talk with you guys yeah so you know what? We're going to ask you the same question. Who was your favorite couple? Was it Thor and Jane Foster? Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter? Or was it Tony Stark and Pepper Potts? And so, uh, you know what? We might even make that our poll uh, for this week. We'll uh, double up. But if you want, you can feel free to um, get back to us on Twitter. And uh, what, what's our, what's our uh, handle again? Uh, at weekly real on twitter instagram and facebook yes and uh you can also email us and so uh jeremy have you figured out what our email address is yet uh you can tell them (laughs) (laughs) i can if i can no i guess that's a no i guess that's a no (laughs) it's okay (laughs) you know what our email address is weekly real pod at gmail.com so feel free to uh you know just hit us up just let us know who your favorite couple is across these three films and so jeremy let's go ahead and take a quick break all right we are back and so at the top of uh the episode we were talking about the best moments of thor captain america the first avenger and uh the avengers in 2012 and so i thought we'd start the second half of our uh of this episode by discussing some of the worst moments and so um jeremy did you have a worst moment for thor yep all the earth scenes <laughs> that's what I, wow. I that's what i wrote down in my notes <laughs> but actually some of them were co- like i liked like give me a horse <laughs> it's like oh we only have dogs and cats they give me one big enough to ride <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> that was pretty good <laughs> I, I was like yeah, i like that but uh after like watching like the asgard stuff i was like i kind of miss that that fantastical world of thor and then just going back to like some really really small town in new mexico i was like "Eh, this feels kind of (laughs) underwhelming and so many dutch angles did you notice that yes yes (laughs) oh my goodness like dutch angle here dutch angle there it was like not even 
in just Asgard. It was everywhere. <laughs> Kenneth Branagh um, directed the film, and he's going to be in Tenant. So, <laughs> so expect Dutch angles. <laughs> is what <Yeah>. you're saying? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> in reverse. <laughs> oh my goodness! So it's upside down. <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> what was your worst moments in Thor? All right. Well, uh, before I mention my worst modes, I did want because you mentioned a funny uh, thing on uh, in the Earth scene. Uh, my f- funny part, uh, the, the part that came to my mind is remember when the uh, what Lady Sif and the Warriors Three come up and they're walking through New Mexico and then they had uh, I, I I don't know what they're cops or whatever and they're on the roof. And they're like, we have a Xena, Jackie Chan, and uh, <laughs> and uh, wait, who was the other one? <laughs> Oh shoot! I forgot. Oh, but yeah, it, it was. I don't know. <laughs> Hold on, let me look that up. It's gonna bug me. Hold on one second. Oh man, I thought you were gonna say that when Volstag was eating so much food and oh, Robin Hood. It was Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. Yes, it is Robin Hood. <laughs> Good memory. We have a Xena, Jackie Chan, and Robin Hood. <laughs> and they were asking if the. Uh, what was it? The Renaissance Fair was in town. <laughs> yeah, see, that was hilarious. Um, but yeah, uh, I will mention um, something similar to you. I really did not like any of the Thor and Jane Foster stuff. That's why when we came up with that question, they were a distant third. Um, oh, I just what about his bleached eyebrows? Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about that. I just remembered it now. That was actually my honorable mention. Thanks for stealing my God of Thunder, but it's okay. You know what? I'll mention it right now. So yeah, the honorable mention was Thor's really weird and really blonde eyebrows and beard. It was weird. It was distracting, especially in those close-ups. Yeah. When he was talking to Coulson in like a white room, (laughs) it was so obvious. I know. I I did not like it, but uh, my real answer is the Thor and Jane Foster stuff. Um, I just did not like uh, it just felt clunky to me. And I, I don't know about you. I mean, you mentioned the prequels of Star Wars. I really got Padme Anakin vibes from Attack of the Clones. And that's definitely not a good thing. It was mm. so awkward. Like, the, the, I don't know. It was just that was bad. Yeah, maybe not as awkward as uh, Attack of the Clones. But <laughs> no, it yeah, no, that was yeah. uh, that was like that was like maybe 11 out of, out of 10. Um, this was more like a, I don't know, like seven or eight, something like that. Yeah, that it was still kind of weird sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. Um, how about um, Captain America for you? What was uh, your your worst moment? My worst moment would have to be Red Skull versus Captain America in the last, like nearing the end in the, in the ship, mm. right? Like I felt like those two, because they're basically two super soldiers. One is basically a Nazi, one's the other's a American soldier. And their fight was so under underwhelming, I felt <laughs> like. For them being super soldiers, I'm like, dang, this kind of sucks. <laughs> felt like they could have done something winter soldier-like. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like if yeah, the the action of that of that scene was not good. But imagine if they just had like winter soldier choreography between those two. That would be crazy. That would be pretty crazy. Uh, well, my worst moment in Captain America, the first Avenger, was uh, I just didn't like how they handled Bucky Barnes's character. 
Um, I liked how, I mean, I mentioned how, how I liked how they established his and Steve Rogers, you know, like, you know, the relationship, you know, the friendship, I should say, um, you know, others may say relationship, but that's another topic for another day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But um, with Bucky Barnes, after he gets deployed, I felt like, you know, when they when he gets rescued as a POW, I was like, oh, okay, they brought him back, you know, as someone on screen. But after that, I just didn't like how they didn't really reestablish his character as, you know, like as his best buddy. You know, we barely saw him. And even in the montages, I felt like they could have showed him a little bit more. They could have featured him a little bit more or maybe added, I don't know, a little bit more quieter scenes where you know you get more of the interaction like you did in the beginning maybe it could it could have been an extra 10 minutes i would have been fine with that and then i think his fall off of the train his death would have hit way harder um and it didn't help that obviously steve rogers with his advanced um metabolism he couldn't get drunk so you couldn't really feel like the weight of bucky barnes's death and so I just didn't like how they handled Bucky Barnes's character in general. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. Maybe I, I, I'm trying to like justify it, but maybe they were trying to focus like on Peggy and Steve's relationship at that point. But yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, because I mean, it would have it would have even made Winter Soldier that much better because mm-hmm. obviously there's more of a, a connection with Bucky. But I felt like there was a little bit of a disconnect from when you know when when we lost them. Or we thought we lost them. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. <laughs> um, and so finally, let's get into the Avengers. What was your uh, what was your worst moment from the Avengers? It was kind of hard to pick one, but one really stood out was when Captain America couldn't pull a lever. <laughs> <laughs> was when Captain America had to had one job to pull a lever to slow down the rotors for Iron Man. And he couldn't take that. He took down a couple guys, but then he couldn't take down one like, like mind controlled shield agent. And I was like, is this the same Captain America that we're going to see in Winter Soldier that just runs through a boat and like takes down 20 guys by himself? I'm like, this guy is, what is he, Hawkeye right now? <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Actually, um, my answer is the same. I, really just didn't like how they handled Captain America's character. Uh, they just really, I don't know, they just portrayed him as really weak and a mindless patriot who just, you know, just kind of a slave to his country or whatever. And I get that. But, man, they made him really look weak, too, in addition to that. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, you can handle... doesn't like that, man. He doesn't. I, and you could tell. But, I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't beat any henchmen. I'm like, dude... I'm partial to henchmen, <laughs> but he should be able to take care of henchmen like, like no problem. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, let's get into the next topic uh, for this episode. Um, let's switch things up a little bit. I mean, we've been talking about a lot of the main characters. Jeremy, what was your most underrated character across all three films? As much as I just like ragged on Hawkeye, I almost gave it to him. Because I actually do like Hawkeye. I just I think it's kind of fun to poke at him sometimes. Um, 
But my most underrated character would be Peggy Carter. Uh, we have talked a lot about her. And because y- you go into watching the first Avenger and every scene with her is so good. Like they bounce off of each other so well. They're like, they complement each other so well in the, like their relationship and in the way they fight with each other. I don't know. I love like everything about their relationship. So when, when that, Spoiler alert! When the, uh, when Steve kisses uh, Sharon Carter in uh, Civil War, it's, a, it's yeah. a little bit it's a little bit awkward. It's and, very awkward. Uh, <laughs> and so when they kind of fix that in Endgame, I definitely appreciated it. I agree. I was like, oh, why did they do that? <laughs> Maybe a nitpick uh, that we'll talk about when we get to the, the episode <laughs> where we talk about Civil War. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I am going to mention a character uh, within Captain America as well. And uh, we mentioned him a couple of times. I feel like uh, the most underrated character is Dr. Abraham Erskine. Uh, I mean, we mentioned that he's uh, that's he's Steve Rogers's version of Jensen. And uh, man, I just liked how they handled their, you know, you know, the introduction of this character. First of all, he's just eavesdropping on a conversation between Steve and Bucky. And from there, he could already tell uh, that Steve Rogers was uh, the right person to be, you know, the person for the super soldier program. And so um, I just felt like Dr. Erskine just reinforced uh, with Steve Rogers who he should be, you know, like he, it's like, Hey, you know, like his last thing before he you know, died was he pointed it at his heart. It's like, Hey, you know, basically stay true to yourself, stick to your guns. And I felt like that was instrumental in future films again. Uh, you know, where, you know, civil war, you know, he sticks up for his buddy, Bucky spoiler alert. And he gets to the point where he's like, you know, on the run, he's an actual fugitive, um, from the country that he loves because he's being true to himself. And I felt like, he learned that lesson from Dr. Erskine. Yeah, Stanley Tucci like like very much brought that that Jensen vibe to him. Yeah, man. Oh man, we need to make that a topic uh in, in the next episode where it's like, ooh, who do you think was more instrumental? Dr. Erskine or Jensen? Ooh. Ooh. Sounds like a poll to choose one. Well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, exactly. Sure. Uh, you know, there's one other uh, underrated character that I did want to mention as a honorable mention. I wanted to mention Agent Coulson. I mean, I felt like, I mean, we 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 lost them in, in, in Avengers. I mean, and I felt like they handled his death like better than they did but with Bucky Barnes. I mean, <laughs> it, which is weird to me because obviously Bucky Barnes has, you know, a, a movie named after him basically with Winter Soldier. Um but I felt like they handled it really well. I mean, I I guess it helps that Agent Coulson was in four of the first six MCU movies. And so I really wanted to just kind of mention him because I felt like his death galvanized the Avengers together and it basically brought them together for the battle of New York. And so I just wanted to mention that. And so I thought I'd mention that also to perfectly segue into our next topic. Jeremy, what was your best fake death scene? (laughs) And so I'll go through the, uh, the choices real quick. So for best fake death scene, uh, and I'll basically go in order um, chronological order. We'll go with Thor 
when we thought he may have died briefly against the des- destroyer in New Mexico, Loki uh, at the end of Thor, when he falls uh, from the crystal bridge into a wormhole, wormhole, and Bucky Barnes, um, where he falls from a train. Uh, Steve Rogers, as he's crashing the plane, obviously we know um, from the beginning where he's actually still alive, but Steve Rogers crashing that plane into the Arctic. Agent Coulson getting stabbed in the back uh, with with Loki's scepter. And finally, we have Tony Stark uh, free-falling from the wormhole above New York uh, in that battle in New York. And so, Jeremy, which was your favorite fake death scene? Well, my favorite fake death scene would have to be Phil Coulson because uh, I feel like he was such a good guy and I actually felt like he was, he played almost like a villain in, in Thor. And I thought it was kind of cool, but um, you know, he dies in that he literally dies and then he's brought back to life for agents of shield. And I, I, I've watched that whole show. I think it's an underrated show. Me and like two other people have watched the show and it's, it's gone on for seven seasons. I, it finally ended. And, uh, Coulson definitely highlight of the show and highlight of, um, of the Avengers. That's a good one. And actually, before I get into my pick, I just wanted to say this. His name is Agent Coulson. His name <laughs> is Agent Coulson. <laughs> if, if you guys don't get the reference, go check out our Fight Club episode that we did uh, a couple episodes ago. Yeah, definitely check that out. I, I just wanted to surprise Jeremy with that because I knew he would, he would get that one right away. <laughs> well, you know, my winner for uh, best fake death scenes got to be Steve Rogers. I mean, I've mentioned it already earlier in the episode. It it literally almost made me shed a tear this last almost 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 i was fighting it back though uh but <laughs> man just uh just knowing where they ultimately end up going especially in in the at the end of uh avengers endgame it was like oh man i forgot how powerful that scene was and so um with steve rogers and that whole dialogue scene with uh, peggy Carr, that's that's definitely my favorite death uh fake death scene i should say uh, let's move on to something a little bit lighter. Um, you know what? Uh, let's talk about cameos. And so um, let's talk about your best Stan Lee cameo. Um, and so for these three films, we surprisingly have four if we're counting a, a deleted scene. And so let me go list them first, Jeremy. Uh, Thor, in Thor, I should say, Stanley plays a random truck driver that's trying to basically pull or tow or pull, yeah, pull Mjolnir. Uh, and when the uh, bed gets ripped off from the truck, he goes, "Did it work?" <laughs> uh, in Captain America: The First Avenger, he plays a war veteran who, uh, during a ceremony, you know, he's expecting Captain America to show up, and some random guy just shows up. Uh, and when that other guy shows up, he's like, oh, I thought he'd be taller. It was kind of random on that. And then in the Avengers, in the theatrical cut, um, at the end of the Battle of New York, when they're showing all the news footage, um, Stanley plays this random guy. He's getting interviewed uh, by the news, and he basically says, superheroes in New York? Give me a break. He just plays this cynical, uh, random citizen of New York. 
And the deleted scene, this bonus, uh, this bonus uh, one that I wanted to throw at you, Jeremy, is from a deleted scene in the Avengers. It's when that uh, waitress who gets interviewed is basically thanking Captain America at the end of the theatrical cut. Uh, they show him actually eating or dining, uh, uh, you know, at the place where the waitress works, and she's totally flirting with him. And then I don't know. Stanley comes out of nowhere. He's basically telling Cap, "Ask her, uh, ask for her number, you moron." <laughs> and so the I felt like these were really good, but you can only pick one. Jeremy, what was your favorite Stan uh, Stan Lee cameo? So a quick trivia, I mean, quick little fun trivia for, I don't know if Ken's played the game or even heard of the game, uh, The Last of Us, um, that waitress who plays in the deleted scene, and she kind of briefly shows up in Avengers, she's actually one of the voice actresses for, or she is the voice actress for Ellie in The Last of Us. Just fun fact out there for people who didn't, wanted to know that. Anyway, uh, my favorite best, or my favorite Stanley cameo out of these three movies would have to be the Thor with uh in the Thor movie where he tries to pull Mjolnir out of the thing and he just ruins his truck. That's <laughs> yeah, my favorite actually as well. Um, and I actually wanted to use it as my non Stanley cameo uh, because that was easily my favorite, but I don't know if you noticed, but uh, in the scene later on, where in the, they're in the diner, that same truck is shown driving in the background. You should watch it again. Really? <laughs> yeah, you can tell that. because the bed's missing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, that was my. Uh, that was almost my non-Stanley uh, cameo, my winner. So um, anyway, <laughs> uh, what was your uh, favorite non-Stanley cameo? My favorite non-Stanley cameo is actually Powers Booth. Uh, he in the Avengers, he's play, he plays one of the councilmen that shows up very briefly. He has a very distinct, deep voice. Um, is it the actually, one in the middle and kind of to the left? Yeah, 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 okay. it is. And he, I think he talks to um, what's his name, Nick Fury, before they send out the nuke. Yes, and yes. It, what's cool is like, I like Powers Booth because he's from one of my favorite uh, Jean Claude Van Damme movies, Sudden Death. And he oh, plays a no. good villain in that. So good. And and what's cool about this, how it's all connected, Powers Booth actually is it ends up in Agents of Shield. Hmm. And he plays a hydra, uh, like he's also a council person because he, you know, this is all connected, right? Hmm. And he's actually Hydra. Oh, it's that pretty makes crazy. so much sense. So wait, is he technically playing the same character? I think so. I, I want to say so. Oh, interesting. Man, you know what? I'm I need to get back. I need to get into Agents of Shield. I've never watched an episode, but there's this one actress, I don't know her name. She's one of the main characters. She's cute, I will say. Yeah, um, if you um if you end up watching the show, yeah, she'll definitely We might have to discuss that yeah. after we get done uh, recording this the, episode. The first half like the first half of the first season though is uh, a little bit meh. But once yeah. you get into the second half of the first season, it's better. It's better. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Well, you know what? My favorite uh, non-Stanley cameo, I'm, I'm actually going to cheat, okay? It's actually Game of, all Game of Thrones related. <laughs> and, they were, and they were both in Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, the first cameo was David Bradley, who plays the Tower Keeper 
in the very beginning. You remember? Really? Yeah, David Bradley, he plays the Tower Keeper. He plays Walder Frey in um in Game of Thrones. Damn. He's the he's the one that um he kills uh or Red Skull kills, I should say. Oh, oh shoot. You know, yeah. he's in Harry Potter as well, David Bradley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was my first one. Uh, the second one, we alluded to it earlier. That lady that uh, Steve Rogers was kissing is none other than Natalie Dormer, uh, who plays Private Lorraine. And she is most known, well known for playing Lady Marjorie Tyrell in Game of Thrones. And so I remember watching this the first time on Netflix in 2000. And I, it had to be. 12 or early 13 around that time it was after the first avengers and right before iron man 3 i remember watching the scene i was like hey that's lady marjorie (laughs) it was so good and so uh when we came up with this i was like oh that's gonna she's definitely gonna be um my favorite cameo for sure so jeremy we've reached the point where we're talking about our last topic uh for this episode Last topic is favorite Avengers showdown. And uh, just to explain it a little bit uh, in the Avengers, the movie, um, you know, there were some battle scenes where they were fighting each other. And so there were three of them that uh, that occurred in the Avengers. uh, The first of which was Iron Man versus Thor. And that happened in the woods, Shakespeare in the park. (laughs) (laughs) And that was kind of in in the beginning of the film. And the other two were actually uh, towards the middle. And uh, as it turns out, they were both on the helicarrier. So the other two were Thor versus the Hulk and Black Widow versus Hawkeye. And so, Jeremy, which one was your favorite? My favorite would have to be Iron Man and Thor in the woods. Just their banter together. And just, you know, Thor, yeah, like you said earlier, he's like a bit of a hothead. So that versus... um just the ego of Tony Stark <laughs> is uh, so good to play off of each other. And, you know, I actually felt like the action sequences were, were pretty good. And I thought that that was a standout one. And just the way it ends with, uh, you want the, ha- you want me to throw the hammer down or something like that. Like that. Yeah. And that was like the only time that Captain America felt remotely like powerful <laughs> yeah i know yeah i mean yeah captain america actually does make a little bit of a cameo in that battle <laughs> in that fight yeah. <laughs> yeah just to break it up yeah he was basically like the referee uh at like at a wwe event <laughs> special <laughs> guest referee <laughs> oh man you know what i actually did choose that one as well uh, it was an easy choice for me first of all i felt like uh it, it was special because it was the very first fight between two avengers um, and so since, you know, Thor wasn't in uh, Captain America's Civil War, I felt like this was like, uh, I'm kind of glad that they he had actually two of the scenes actually where they were fighting each other. Uh, but the reason why I didn't pick um, Thor versus Hulk was because I felt like their Ragnarok battle was better. Yeah, and, and the, more entertaining. the rematch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the rematch. I felt like the rematch was better. And then, um, you know what? I felt like if Black Widow... And Hawkeye had a Winter Soldier type fight that could have had uh, more potential. I felt like it was too short, especially yeah. since you know they were really, really close. Um, you know, with uh, Natalie, Natalie, no, Natasha, Natasha. sorry, <laughs> Natasha and um, and uh, Clint. You know, they you know they had that. Yeah. Uh, 
Their setting, the setting was not that not good. It was like some random little bridge on the helicarrier. It was it was weird. Yeah, it was like a catwalk, right? Yeah, it was like the some of the choreography was pretty cool, but not on the level of Winter Soldier. Yeah, I, I felt like if they would have had like good fight uh, choreography, it would have had the potential to be at least my second favorite, or at least come close to that first one. It was just obviously dude, Iron Man versus Thor. Can't beat that. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, you know what? We've reached the point where we're talking about our favorite part. This is for bragging rights. We're yeah, yeah we're talking about guess the rotten tomato score. And so this is a big week. You know, every time we have these uh MCU episodes, this is where it could kind of make or break us, really, because we're talking about three films and we're guessing all three films. And so uh Jeremy coming into this week is up um he took it last week uh during our police story episode and he's up five to four he took the lead and so um this week we got three films to uh, look up so let me uh, make sure that i have rotten tomatoes pulled up and just to uh remind everyone especially those of you who are checking out our podcast for the first time uh we we each came up with these scores beforehand we haven't shared it with each other yet and we haven't looked at the Rotten Tomatoes website to look up these scores yet. And we're going to do that live. And so, Jeremy, what was, uh, what do you think the score was, the Rotten Tomatoes score was for Thor? For Thor, I'm going to guess 71%. Ooh, <laughs> that was really close to mine. Oh, crap. <laughs> I know. I guess 69. And so, I'm kind of curious to see if Rotten Tomatoes thought it was better because I was more cynical. All right, so I'm on the website now. Let's go to Thor 2011. And, ooh, Jeremy takes the point on this. He's up six to four. So on the tomato meter, whoa, 77%. 77? Man, that's pretty high. That's actually, dude, that's way too high. Come on, Rotten Tomatoes, be better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, so you're up six to four. Um, let's go into Captain America. So what was your uh, score for Captain America, the first Avenger? I'm going to say 68%. Really? You thought Rotten Tomatoes thought it was worse, huh? Mm-hmm. I went the opposite. I, I'm guessing 74. Wait, so what was your guess again? Sorry. Short-term 60, memory. Loss. <laughs> 68. 68. Okay. 68 yeah. and 74. All right. Let's look this up. America, the first Avenger 2011. And it looks like I will be taking this point mm. uh, on the tomato meter. It was 80%. Wow. All right. So it looks like I'm pulling back to just within one again. Uh, so we're at six to five. Uh, Jeremy's ahead. So let's go into our last film. Jeremy, what do you think the Avengers got on Rotten Tomatoes? I'm guessing 94%. Really? Oh, man. So close to my guess. I guessed 93. Oh, oh man. man. Here we go. Um, let's type this out. Avengers. Okay. Here we go. And, ooh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jeremy guessed 94. I guessed 93. And Rotten Tomatoes has a tomato meter of 92. 
Oh, <laughs> so close. And with that, I have pulled completely even. And so going into next week, we are tied. 6-6. <laughs> six, six. Oh, my goodness. Tied up. Oh, Dang, that was a good one. I like that. That one. was a good one. I, I felt like we were pretty close on each of the three. So I feel like we have a pretty good gauge. Um, it wasn't like last week. I, I felt like I was way off last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, you know what? Since we're, what, in our second episode into our Infinity Rewatch here within the MCU, I just wanted to remind everyone on that first episode, we ranked uh, the MCU episodes that we have talked about so far. So we've ranked uh, Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, and Iron Man 2. But you know what? In this episode, we're going to reveal our updated rankings now incorporating these three films that we've covered today. And so Jeremy, with these first six films, it's basically MCU's phase one. How would you rank the MCU films from worst to first? So from six to one. From six to one. This is going to be a little bit strange, but okay. My, my worst, starting with The Incredible Hulk. Okay. Then Thor. Okay. Iron Man 2, The Avengers. Ooh. <laughs> Hot take right there. Hot take. <laughs> Captain America, the first Avenger, Iron Man. Wow. That's a little bit. You know what? That was a little bit of a curveball. Wow. The Avengers, like, it, it didn't age as well as I remembered it. Compared to, comparing it to the other Avengers movies. I agree. I actually kind of agree with you there. It's kind of going off of like some of the, obviously the more recent team up movies. Um, I actually held that against it as well. And so, you know what, with my rankings, it's similar, similar, but different. And this is why I'm, I look, I'll look forward to like our rankings as we go along with the MCU. Um, so my work, uh, the worst one I have also, I agree with you, the incredible Hulk. This is where we diverge, though. I felt like Iron Man 2 is five on my list. Ooh. And it's weird. I didn't think so, but Thor, I liked it better than I, I remember. And you know what hmm. I think it was? I think it was all the Loki scenes. I, I just really appreciated how good of a character he was. And I felt like all of that kind of outweighed all the stuff that I didn't like between Jane Foster and Thor. <laughs> or Thor from the beginning. Yeah. It, but then I felt like the highs were better than Iron Man 2. And then I have Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, but actually, I liked it more upon this latest rewatch. So it's actually closer to the Avengers, which I have uh, ranked as number two. And then Iron Man uh, is still, um, I guess, my favorite so far. So and we kind of flip-flopped a couple of these. Dang, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, man. So again, um, when we rank, uh, I'm sorry, again, when we get into uh, the next batch of films, uh, do, you, do you remember what those three films are? It would be Iron Man 3, Thor Dark World, and Captain America Winter Soldier, right? The, those yeah. three. Yeah, I think you're right. And so Woo. we will revisit those next month. And so definitely looking forward to that episode. But before we get there, Jeremy, do you want to preview next week's episode? 
Yeah, next week, we're going to dive deep into the world of international espionage on a mission that will unfold into something beyond real time. In Tenet and Christopher Nolan's weird time-bending gimmick, I think, that he's trying out. So, me and Ken haven't seen it yet. We're going to go see it this Friday, and I'm super excited. I can't wait. Dude. First movie I'll be seeing in the movie theater of 2020. <laughs> oh my goodness. And it's already yeah. September. That's crazy. <sighs> I know. I can't wait. Uh, you know, the last movie that I saw in the theater was uh, Star Wars <laughs> Rise of Skywalker uh, at the end of last year. Yeah. And you didn't like that movie as much as I did. So <laughs> I didn't. I really didn't. <laughs> it was easily the worst out of the uh, the new trilogy. Well, and we'll get we might get into that uh, <laughs> in a in Star future. Star Wars rewatch, and no, I'm just kidding. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll we'll figure out uh, what uh, franchise we revisit uh, after we finish with the MCU movies. So that's definitely a candidate. That'd be or pretty good possible. Oh, ooh, yeah, dude, dude, so many. You know, you know. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jeremy, before we go, uh, was there anything uh, that you wanted to plug, or how can um, our audience find you? So if you want to follow me on Instagram or Twitter or on Facebook, I think I have a Facebook, but I don't update it. It's uh, at JP underscore flicks. All right. And uh, for me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. You can just follow me at free Ken a that's at free underscore Ken underscore a. And again, that's on Twitter and Instagram. Um, pretty active on both now i'm 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 stuck <laughs> i'm basically stuck in that social media um web so i guess i'll be there for a while uh, but uh, jeremy was there anything else that you would like to add before we call this an episode Man, i'm ready to eat some buttery popcorn and uh but i have to make sure i bring hand sanitizer and my mask and make sure that you know, no one's like sneezing behind me yeah, luckily, uh, I think there's no one behind us in the row, yeah. uh, immediately behind us. So <laughs> we're good to go there. But yeah, Jeremy, I had fun uh, revisiting uh, the MCU uh, with our Infinity uh, Saga rewatch uh, for the second episode in that little mini series that we do have. I uh, definitely look forward to uh, jumping back in next month, but way more excited to finally watch something new, especially at the movie theater next week as we both catch tenant and so thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week on the reel <laughs> <laughs>